0: This episode of Hockey Press Pass is presented in part by the Main Street Board Game Cafe in Huntington Village. Unplug your game, buy board games, play board games, food and drink, fun, and friends. Yes, it feels good to be back and back with a win, UBS, seemingly its loudest since opening night, and the Islanders playing for the first time in 87 years, it feels like, get the win over the Devils, this is Islanders 4 Check, the bonus series of Hockey Press Pass, you guys all know Chris Botta, I'm producer Pat Boyle, Chris... It seemed like the Islanders were ready, were primed for another late game collapse and getting set to head to overtime, and then all of a sudden, guess who, Matty Barzell with a point now in nine straight games, a little give and go with Bailey, and that sets up the game winner, the Islanders hold off the Devils, they win it 3-2, and just like that, they're a game under 500, not counting the overtime losses, 11-12-6 now, and this is what we hope to see in their first game back. It was basically everything, Islanders, that that we've come to, to love this team for. They were gritty all night. I mean, they were clobbering the Devils all over the ice, left and right. I believe they had 27 hits. Yes, 11 more hits than the Devils. I, the, the big hit I saw again, the highlight um, that it was who uh, Dobson laid on Vesey, or Wallstrom laid on Vesey. Wallstrom laid on Vesey. And. You know, just, uh, just, uh, just a great a great game overall. You know, again, first game back, I wasn't expecting them to dominate. Uh, you know, definitely some rust in that first period. It was pretty sloppy back and forth. The the one thing I'm going to criticize, and we'll talk about it, we'll go back and forth here in a minute, uh, but the three of their five penalties in the third period, and all, like, back to back to back. And finally, you give a team like the Devils who, yeah, the mediocre hockey team, you give them plenty of chances to hang around in the game, and you're going to get burned. And, and sure enough... You know, that goal gets goes in uh, to tie it at 2-2, and I texted you, and I'm saying, I mean, here we go again. But, you know, again, you need Matty Barzell to step up. These are the guys that the Islanders are going to lean on all season long. And if they want to get back into this playoff push, which I know that's going to be the talk, right, over these next two three weeks. Can they get back in the playoff race? These are games they had to win, and they win it tonight. And Sorokin, especially Sorokin, too, one of the only times this year that we've seen a goal go in that's his fault. You know, just a, a short side regular wrist shot from uh, Sharon Govich, and he just lets it slide right in between his his arm and his and his ribs. Uh, but give him credit. The rest of that, he was brilliant. He had a tremendous blocker save on a one on one opportunity. You know, he stood tall like he always does. So, uh, all in all, again, first game back in, in two weeks, and, you know, playing their fourth game in basically the last month and a half. We knew there was going to be some rust, but Chris, all in all for me, you get two points, you get out of there, first home game at the start of this, long homestand with a win, pretty good night.
1: They needed a win, and they needed a win in regulation. And the amazing thing about what has happened with this godforsaken season that the Islanders are enduring and trying to persevere through is that even though it's January 13th, 14th, Every one of these games is important. Like, you know, in the past, it wouldn't be, right? It'd be, ah, you know, but they have dug such a hole, and there's such a hole because of the games in hand and the COVID situation and the way the NHL has failed the Islanders to a certain extent, more than they have failed most of the other teams and get trying to get this right. Uh, This is where we are right now. So, You take this one game at a time, which is the ultimate hockey cliche, but that's the Islanders have every right to say that every day until February 1st and playing a local team, playing a division rival, they needed to win in regulation. It wasn't pretty. Of course. Yes. The devils are a mediocre team. You know, who else is a mediocre team right now. Of course the Islanders are right. They've still yet to prove that they could really put the lumber to another team. So you'll take this, It was exciting, a lot of credit, uh, a couple of people on a site. Beauvillier, drawing two penalties in the first period. Uh, Josh Bailey, uh, you know, showing something for the first time in a while. And I believe that in the case of certain guys, like even Robin Salo, who's missed uh, five days recently with COVID, but Bailey, some of these people who've had tough starts, it's, it's very possible that this mini training camp of almost two weeks, really not that many, will be was good for them to sharpen up, to get their legs back, to you know, almost like a refresh of the season. The other people that I want to acknowledge are, were the Islander fans. I didn't know how it would be tonight. I, you know, We know that this game would mean a lot. But in the third period, and especially in the final five minutes, four minutes after Barzal's goal which wound up being the game winner and especially in the last two minutes i'm watching on tv as were you it was coming through they were loud they were standing they were up this was not your normal mid-January regular season NHL game. The fans there knew what was at stake, and they treated it as such. So a lot of credit to the Islander fans out there, Pat.
0: Yeah, and, and give uh, give Islanders fans credit, too, because they did not forget Josh Bailey's goal song, which you think maybe might be easy to forget since he's been so terrible this year. But I heard the, hey, Josh Bailey, ooh, ah, so... And then I want to know. And, Adam Pellick,
1: and I, 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 I was hoping you wouldn't sing any longer. But that was pretty good. <laughs> uh, and uh, and Adam Pellick got the got his first yes. goal on the day that he's named NHL All Star deservedly, in my opinion. I understand it could have been a few guys, but good for Adam Pellick. So, again, one of those nights where nothing's going perfectly, mistakes, bad penalties, bad goal by Sorokin, as you said. Uh, some some periods of play stretches of play I should say where they looked a lot slower than New Jersey, but they found a way and they did finish the game strong, which is all you could ask for. I'm sure Lane Lambert is going to put mostly a very, very positive spin on this game.
0: Yeah, give Lane Lambert credit. I know with adversity uh, again in in one form or another. Uh you know, good game plan tonight. They knew what they had to do to get out of there with a win. They made a sweat again, you know, with three penalties in the third period but you mentioned Bailey, uh, a great game goal in the assist and Parise too. Uh, Zach Parise playing on that third line, which has been such a weakness for them at times this year. Uh, he was, he was tremendous. He had the two assists. Uh, you know, he had the one shot. I believe he had the shot that was redirected by Pellick for the goal. And he was great on the forecheck. You know, he was, he was pressuring uh, the devil's defensemen uh, all night coming out of their own defensive zone. And you know, him and along with a couple of the other guys on that second and third line forced Graves into a couple of giveaways, Subban into a couple of giveaways. Um, and again, just the physicality, the physical play all night long. You know, really anytime the Devils came into the offensive zone, they weren't walking out of there with a bruise. So that you always want to see that, and it was good that they were, you know, again, you don't play for two weeks, you better be revving up ready to hit somebody. I know I was watching a little bit of uh, of Kanjer in the Devils broadcast because I was trying to stream the game. 'Cause again, who know who the hell knows when we're gonna get when Xfinity's gonna get MSG back, but you know, they were talking about how, you know, geez, you know, devils need to start hitting some guys back because they're just getting bruised all over the place. So yeah. that was That's great and, and again, overall, like you said, they needed to win a game in regulation. They do it. Now you turn your sights to Sunday Washington.
1: And I know a lot of times the uh, the stat experts uh, will, will point out that if a team has a lot of hits, it means they don't have the puck. I get that. Um, but this is an Islander team that it's been a signature for them for the last few years. It has worked for them. And to think the reason why a hit like the Wallstrom hit on, on BC works is that, OK, for starters, after he hits them and it's a hit you have to make BC has his head down. The two devils who go over, including uh, well, it was McLeod and Bastion, who winds up getting the penalty, they even went after him kind of half-hearted. Yeah. It wasn't like they mugged him. It wasn't like they tried to get any shots. And if you're going to take a penalty as they did the devils did you gotta do some damage <laughs> to the to wallstrom and the beauty of that because then you see it later on where you know Scuban is saying hey wally you know basically saying keep your head up or we're looking at you or you know is that if you have the other team if you're in their head then they're not worried about other things now the devils did tie up that game but the Islanders were really strong uh, in the last five minutes. And particularly after the Devils pulled the, goalie, uh, pulled, pulled the goalie and in the last even 20 seconds, just a play where Beauvillier picks it up, gives it to Pellic, who then wisely chews up the time skating behind the goal. You know, you see some of the signs of what we know as the Trotz Islanders. Uh, so uh, a good start to this stretch before February 1. They're now at 5-1-3 and three in the last nine at UBS. Only one loss. You don't want all those 3-1 point games, I get it, but 5-1 and 3 last night at UBS. And, you know, keep in mind, the, the, the team got off to a slow start at UBS, so they're starting to turn some things around there.
0: Yep, absolutely. And I uh, just want to give uh, some credit here, Isles Fix, great account. I know they're big fans of the show. Um, Islanders with, eight, with power play goals and eight straight home games for the first time since 1996. I mean, we were t- talking about just how miserable – how miserable their power play was in the beginning of the year. Uh, it, it has looked completely different since. You know, even with these uh, these last two breaks. You know, their power play has been tremendous. It's it's they they score they're scoring on I believe more than thirty percent of their power play chances now over the last four games. Which you know, small sample size, but again, they're taking advantage. They were getting. I loved how they were getting traffic in front of the net too. Right, like Gillies, a guy that you you know, not going to start a ton of games in his career, not going to play a lot of games in his career. But he he came out of the gates playing pretty well. Islanders quickly made an adjustment, got some traffic in front. That's how they got their first two goals, taking away his vision, getting to the net, getting pucks to the net, looking for the rebounds. So I thought that was great. And, um, you know, again, our guy Brian Compton, too. uh, He was the first one, you know, I saw, you know, watching Parise, you know, I was like, oh, he's having a pretty good game. And then, you know, seeing Compton's tweet about how good he was on the forecheck, too, and then I was watching every time the Islanders were trying to force turnovers, he was leading the charge, so –
1: yeah, no, he really was. We are big fans of Isles Fix and of Brian Compton, including Tom, who's been on the show and hopefully will be again. Uh, Bellows and Parisi, you know, on Pelec's goal. That, you know, it was their effort uh, that made that happen. I know we're going to take a break and, and when we come back, we have a bunch of things to do. And one of the things that we will do is that uh, we'll respond to, we'll respond to a question on Twitter from Brian G., who says to Chris and Pat, even after the win tonight, is it still realistic for the Isles to come back and get the last playoff spot when Pittsburgh and Boston win every night? I hear you, Brian, but we will talk about that in the second half of the show.
0: Yep, absolutely. This is Islanders Four Check, bonus series of Hockey Press Pass. Main Street Board Game Cafe in Huntington Village on Long Island's North Shore. Games for sale and games for play. Food and drink. Beer and wine, fun and friends. Bring the magic of phones-down, eyes-up, tabletop board games to your family. Their staff will help you find the right board game for you. From card and party games, to games for families, to strategy games, we have it all. Get off your screens and unplug your game for a night your family will remember. Looking for groups to join? Our Magic, The Gathering, Dungeons & Dragons, or Warhammer communities are welcoming for all. Located at 307 Main Street in Huntington Village. Go to MainStreetBoardGameCafe.com for more information. Main Street Board Game Cafe. Find your crowd. Unplug your game. Back here on Islanders Four, check Bonin series of hockey press pass. Pap Oil and Chris Bott, It's time for fan question time, along with some of your tweets that we asked you to send in during tonight's three-to-two win over the New Jersey Devils. So, Chris, let's start with our subscriber questions. And the first one comes from Vincent in Queens Village. And he says, now that the fanfare of the opening of UBS Arena is over, they've had a bunch of games there and all the emotions behind the Islanders getting their own place have started to die down. What are your thoughts now on the new place?
1: It's actually great timing for this question. Uh, You know, coming off this game on Thursday night where the place was loud. Now, we were not there. I've been to a few of the games there. Um, So to answer your question, I would say that I think we should keep in mind that when the arena opened, because of COVID and guys being out of the lineup and the losses that followed, you know, I think we all get that the opening of UBS arena as it relates to the Islanders, you know, was not this, like it was unforgettable, you know, before the game, the puck dropped in the first game, then less so. Uh, and that's okay. Things happen. Not everything's Hollywood, right? Not everything is how you want it to be. Think about it. The Islanders finished off Nassau Col- Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum unlike we ever would have thought that they could in spectacular fashion with a win in the final game, in the conference finals. So um, what I would say about UBS is that the feelings that I have for it Coming off the being there for the first game and then they being there for a Sunday game against Chicago where they lost in a shootout. Dobson scored with four seconds le- left and the place was loud then. Is that it? It's still a great, great arena. I'll take it over the other hockey arenas in this area, including the world's most famous arena, which I love too. Went to a concert there uh, in early December. Um, but this is a special place. We should not forget everything that went into to this thing finally getting done and it's good to see we don't know where this Islander season is going to go or even this next stretch of games is going to go but it's just good to see that it is feeling like home with 5-1 and 3 in the last nine the loudness of a Thursday night game against New Jersey with the Islanders far far away from a playoff spot I think people love it parking is Not perfect. Things, some things, will continue to need to get better, Uh, but it's you know, let's not lose sight of the fact the Islanders have their home arena and it's a great one, and they're starting to make it feel even more and more like a place where they can go and
0: beat teams. All right, and then the other question comes from Caroline in Manhattan, and Caroline says, "Chris, you've kind of hinted at it from time to time on Twitter." Will you ever tell us whatever happened with Billy Jaffe and why he wasn't kept by the Islanders as the commentator on TV?
1: I was really happy when Caroline uh, sent this in, uh, one of the subscribers to the Hockey Press Pass website a couple of weeks ago. I always had plans to have Billy Jaffe on our Hockey Press Pass. And the good news is, is that we've uh, done an interview with him. It's going to be the next episode of Hockey Press Pass. Uh, We cover a lot of ground in Billy's career, his time at the Islanders and everywhere else, his work in Boston now. And there's a stretch of about 15 minutes in that show where we really, uh, really hash it out. And uh, Billy tells the fans what he knows and what he went through. We also, I want to make it clear here that it's in you know i guess people will say that it sounds whiny or whatever but this is about a man who lost his job and and it's never it's never really been known as to why it happened and we cover the ground to the best uh, that we do the, to the best that we can and i think islander fans will be very very interested in what billy has to say another takeaway that i have that billy did not talk about in the interview but it made me go back in time uh, billy's last season was Scott Gordon's last full season. Scott Gordon was hired as the head coach. Uh, Garth Snow hired him. It was a. It was just a bad time around that team. Scott Gordon is, you know, he seems to continue to be regarded as a good development coach. He has done well in the AHL. He's currently out now, but he was in the Flyers organization for a long time. That was the case before he was with the Islanders, but. The team wasn't good. Veterans were unhappy uh, with Scott Gordon. And I was around it, covering it regularly for there's Point Blank. And the thing that was strange about Scott, who is a nice person, in my experience with him is that he never got the media thing pat you you know and and we've had coaches like this in this town in fact maybe the the dearly the the recently departed not dearly departed giants coach joe uh, judge never really got it but scott has no idea he may not even now understand what the role is of the media or even how to handle them and it was just a crazy time so it it seems to me more than a coincidence that that Billy Jaffe's contract was not renewed by the Islanders while Scott Gordon, who was just paranoid about every aspect of the team secrets, getting out lineups, getting out, starting goalies, getting out silly, silly shit that nobody cares about. I can't help but think that in, in hindsight and doing a little research about this, that it, it could have had to do with Scott Gordon. The sad irony out of all this is that Jaffe isn't renewed. And then about a month into the next season with Jaffe, no longer an announcer, Scott Gordon gets fired. Scott Gordon gets fired. The day after Scott Gordon gets fired was the whole brouhaha with the press passing me, which is a story for another day. But none of that all seems to be a coincidence. I think it's funny. I'm sorry about what happened to Billy. As you'll hear on the show, he's doing darn well and he's in a great place in Boston. Um, But it is quite a time and it was an interesting study in management and human resources and how to handle things.
0: All right. Great answers from you. And yeah, like you said, we will have Billy's episode in the... uh... Next week, so you'll, yeah. you'll you'll be able to get to hear all that. And now, Chris, we got some. You wanted to touch on these Twitter questions and these Twitter responses here.
1: Yeah, you know, early third period, I just throw out a note saying, "Hey, you got anything?" And, and at the timing, that's probably stupid because everybody's at the time the game is probably two two, and everybody's like focused on the game, not thinking to ask me questions. But it was nice to get a couple of good questions. And uh, one is, I'll throw it to you. It's from Brian G. He says. Guys, even after the win tonight, is it still realistic for the Islanders to come back and get the last playoff spot when Pittsburgh and Boston win every night? So what do you got there?
0: Yeah, I mean, again, you know, I think it's it's easy to look at the standings and see the Islanders not making up a ton of ground. Yeah, I mean, obviously they haven't been playing. The main thing is they've got a ton of games in hand over every single team in the league, and they've got a ton of home games, right? Like, we've touched on that, so... You know, it it doesn't really matter what Boston and what Pittsburgh do, and I know it's fun to look at the standings and and hope to see the Islanders climbing the ranks here over the next couple of weeks, but the most important thing, just win your games, right? Just win their games. I mean, they've played – they're at at what now? Tonight was game number, what, 29? Game number 29 now? So (laughs) most of these other teams have played 35, 36 – I look at Detroit, the, the Red Wings are, are, are not a good team. They've played 38 games. They have 37 points. So the Islanders are going to get there. They're going to climb the table. They're going to pass New Jersey, they're going to pass Philadelphia, they're going to pass Columbus who have been very disappointing this year. Um, and again, you know, they've got a they've got a chance to they're, they're not going to catch Pittsburgh and Washington by the time that they play the amount of games that they've played. But again, they've got all these home games to play. We've gone through the schedule. Just win your games, right? Don't. Who, who cares about what Pittsburgh's doing? Who cares about what Boston's doing? They're both playing well, and most importantly, who cares about what the Rangers are doing? Because I guarantee you, the Rangers are going to hit a slow, a slow spot at some point in the season. It might even be now on this West Coast trip that they have. They lost the other night, uh, the other night uh, to LA. So again, the main thing for me: just focus on the Islanders. If they win games. They're going to climb the table. They're going to climb the standings. They're going to give themselves a chance.
1: The thing I love about uh, Brian G's question here is, is, is he specifically says, is it still realistic? And I guess, you know, if you want to take that literally, the answer would be well, no, it isn't, right? Like because there isn't. I, I heard uh, um, Jeff Merrick and Elliot Friedman on their show today, and they were saying, you know, the eight spots in the in uh, the East are locked up, and that there aren't going to be any changes. Anson Carter, on the other hand, on TNT, now doing some work for the Islanders on MSG, so perhaps he's you know keeping the interest going, and we appreciate that. I feel the same way. Is he? He has said, don't write write off the Islanders. The, they announced the All-Star teams today, and the Islanders just played their 29th game. Yeah. So that, that's part of how strange it is. So I I understand anybody who would say, Chris, Pat, anybody else, it's completely unrealistic to think that they can get uh, back into convention. I, I, I get it. I can't argue with that. My thing, and I guess we've now said this for a few shows here, is just play the games. Let's see, you know... By February 1, we could do this and be like, look, they only won four of the 11 before February 1st, and no, it's over, and let's start talking about trading off assets, and let's start talking about what could they get for this, or what should they do to replenish for next year, and can they be a contender again next year and right off the season? But right now, let's just play the games. Is it realistic? It's a long shot. Of course, I don't have no idea what the odds would be if I put money down. And I know people are tired of hearing about that kind of stuff right now. But but play these games and let's see. Brian could ask the same question if the Islanders win the next couple and it'll be a hell of a lot easier to say, well, why not? Right. So play the games. And there was one more question from Twitter, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it came in uh, pretty recently here, just as we started recording from Mike at New York Sports or NY Sports Fan 89. And he says, how do you feel about Pelic making the All-Star game? You want to hit that? I like it.
1: Yeah, I like it because of the season that they're in. Like I get that Barzal is, is the best player on the team, uh, arguably certainly the biggest star on the team, the flashiest. There's some talk that the NHL might bring some other players to the all-star game. And I take that to mean your skill players. So maybe he's in a uh, fastest skater competition. So maybe Matt Barzal's still involved in that. I like the pellet thing because it's in a, in a tough season challenging season he's kind of being rewarded for the body of work of the last few years and yeah. this year too. i also get to the nhl hockey operations you know, they, they're looking at certain players at certain positions. And when they came to the Islanders, they might've said, you know, we have room for a D and what happens is they call the GMs. This has gone on for a long time. Now they call the GMs and they say, here's who, what we're looking at. They might've said, we're looking at a Dobson. We're looking. I I heard from actually from a couple of former Islanders today. one guy who, who couldn't believe that Dobson didn't make it. I said, uh, well, he's going to be on the show in a couple weeks. I said to him, I said, he was a healthy scratch like six weeks ago. So um, I like the pelican. back. What about you?
0: Yeah, I'm I'm surprised, honestly. I mean, it, it almost just seemed like you, I think you hit it straight. You hit the nail on the head. It seems like it's almost like a body of work, kind of like a tip of the cap to what he's done the last few years. I mean, obviously just going off of what, he, what he's done this year, especially because they've only played 29 games, it, it's it's not worthy of an all-star nod. Uh, but you're right. It's almost like, Hey, you know, they, they reach out to the team. Okay. Who do you want to be your all-star game? So, uh, you know, I love Pelly. Um, but again, I, I I don't think he's necessarily deserving of go just off of this year of going to the all-star game. But again, when you look at what he's done the last few years, um, you know, again, it's, 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 it's good for him and it's good for him. And it's, it's good that obviously the Islanders will have some representation at the all-star game.
1: A long, long time ago. Before you were born, actually, the Islanders were so bad that when it came down to, and this fellow deserved it, but every team had to have one player in it. And Scott LeChance, who was a, a good, uh, steady, defend, mostly defensive defenseman, unspec- spectacular, unflashy, non-flashy player, not as good as Pellick has been in the last couple of years, but good at times. He wound up being the guy. So, you know, defensive defenders do make it from time to time. Uh, this isn't the first time that, that one of those from the has made it.
0: Okay. And, uh, Chris, too, I forgot to mention at the beginning of the podcast, we started it with Brendan Burke's game-winning final call uh, on uh, MSG+. Plus. Credit to them for the uh, the end of that broadcast tonight here as we're recording on Thursday. And speaking of Brendan.
1: Yeah, we want to share this uh, little uh, advance just for the Islander fans. The next few episodes of Hockey Press Pass, uh, or three out of the next four, uh, the schedule is to have uh, some more of an Islander flavor to it. And one of the guests is Jigs McDonald. And in our conversation, we asked Jigs. Uh, if he watches the NHL regularly and still looks at all the announcers and, and thinks about his craft and and how he feels about them. And then specifically what he thought of the work of Brendan Burke doing the Islanders and also the national games. And Jiggs had a very, very interesting answer.
2: I think Brendan is the best in the business, best in the league overall right now. Uh, there, there's nobody with the, the, the voice quality, the the excitement, the uh, the ability to take you right, right to the ice. Uh, he, he is right now the epitome. He is the role model, what every young play-by-play aspiring young man should be looking to. Listen to Brendan, listen to how he works with Butchie. Butchie is a little different in that he is in a lot it's compared to other uh, analysts in the game. Uh, but that's his style, and Brendan works with it so well. When Brendan transitions to TNT, when he was doing NBC, uh, his ability to uh, to work uh, just to, to mesh with, uh, with whatever analyst he was paired with uh, it speaks volumes. He, he is, he is top-run.
0: Wow. Uh, just really, really high praise from legend uh, Jigs McDonald there, saying Brendan is the best in the business. Loves what the passion energy brings, and uh, especially too on the national network. So that was really, really exciting to hear, and uh, you know I think it's absolutely deserved. I think Brendan has done a tremendous job um, over the last handful of years here, and everything that he has that has come his way from the national broadcast to you know consistently uh, you know being in the in the conversation for the best hockey broadcasters, absolutely deserved and. Uh, really awesome, really, really firing up to hear Jiggs McDonald speak uh, speak that highly of him. So um, that'll just about do it here on Islanders 4-Check. We will have plenty more, plenty more Islanders 4-Checks coming here in the near future, Chris. We're going to aim to try to do basically at least one a week here throughout the remainder of the regular season, um, unless the Islanders completely fall off the tracks, which I don't foresee happening. Um, and then, of course, we've got uh, a couple more Hockey Press Pass uh, traditional episodes in the can here. Uh, It will be Billy Jaffe coming up next week, so stay on the lookout for that and some more Islanders-flavored Hockey Press Pass episodes, as you mentioned, Chris. And again, look out for more Islanders 4-checks as well. So for Chris Botta and everybody here at the Hockey Press Pass family, I'm Pat Boyle. Thanks so much for listening to Islanders 4-check, and we'll see you on the next episode of Hockey Press Pass.